The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Gilderland Public Library, its staff, or board of directors. Hello and welcome back to How Did You Find It at the Gilderland Public Library. I hope you're enjoying your January. It's been pretty mild. Let me talk about a couple of upcoming events and programs at the library, and then we'll get on with the show. So, continuing this month, we have the Winter Reading Challenge. We're reading minutes this year. We're tracking minutes this month, and the goal is huge. So make sure you're tracking your minutes to join the, the team effort. On Monday, January 23rd at 6 p.m., we're showing the movie Top Gun Maverick. On Tuesday at 10 a.m., and every Tuesday morning at 10 a.m., is the drop-in knit and stitch. If you like to knit, crochet, embroider, any of those handcrafts, make sure you stop by. On Wednesday, January 25th at 10.30, is the Memoirs in the Morning virtual book group. They meet every other month and discuss a memoir. And then make sure you check our calendar for more upcoming events. I'm only covering a week here because we've got limited time. <laughs> All right, now on with the show. Welcome back to How Did You Find It? We're here with Christina. And Christina, hey. what, are we, what are we talking about today? Today we're talking about board games. Sweet! Yay! I'm really excited for this topic because I love board games. Yeah, me too. I hope nobody's bored by it. <laughs> oh! All right. Well, I I hope everyone who's listening knows the library has board games that you can borrow. I hope they do know that. Well, I'm quite proud of that because we were the mm -hmm. first uh, library in Upper Hudson to start circulating board games. Yeah. And now a bunch of libraries circulate board games because they don't have an original idea in their heads. <laughs> Ooh, shots Ooh. fired. No, I'm just kidding. It's because, like... It's it's really popular and it's a good service to offer. So yes. I don't mean it, sister libraries. I'll sh I'll shoot fire. I'll sh do shots fired at ourselves in ourselves in that uh, it's not like I came up with the idea. It's not like we came <laughs> up with the idea. The other libraries in the country and the state and we're doing it. So you know we copied them yeah. and then other libraries copied us. Ha ha. <laughs> All right. Well, let's see. What should what should people know about our board game collection? And then we're going to talk about some games we really like. So, yeah. Um, well, we're going to need to know. We're going to talk about a few things. Um, yeah, our collection is on the Library of Things shelving unit. If you don't know by now, Library <laughs> of Things shelving unit is um, at the back, towards the back of the library by the information desk. And it has all sorts of cool stuff on it. Those cake pans that we talked about before and the cookie cutters, um, a bunch of gadgets that maybe we'll talk about on a future episode. But then on the other side is all board games. And we have about, I want to say we have about 120 of them right now. So room to grow for sure. Um, we actually do a little program where we, not a program, but we have a relationship with the Altamont Library where we send some of our games over to them to house over there because we, we serve the same communities. And uh, we did it mostly before the pandemic, um, and then it stopped for a while while we kind of rebuilt the library, got our stuff together, and now I've just sent 10 uh, games to Joe over at Altamont again, so... Nice. That's pretty cool. Give people a chance really to cool. check out from there. Yeah. 
How would I know if a game was at Altamont? In the catalog, it will say available at the Altamont Library. So we're able to temporarily change that location to their location. Mm -hmm. And it looks like they own the game and it's checked in over there or checked out over there. I know I'm looking for that Jumanji board game because that was amazing the last time I played it. Uh, So I just search for the title and it'll say available at Altamont. Okay. Yep. And I'll be like, wait, that's weird. I thought Gildon had it. Oh, well, I'll just go to Altamont and pick it up there. Yep. Cool. They're not, they're uh, like our library of things, they're not requestable, so you'd have to drive to either location anyway to pick them up. And they check out for two weeks. I don't think we said that yet. Just we like not, our, yeah. our other LOT items. Which is nice, because having uh, two weeks to play means, you know, if it's a longer game, you could even do it in two sessions, or you could be like, we played it this weekend, and next weekend I'm going to have all my friends come over, and we'll all play it together. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We started with like a core collection of like 10 sort of like what I what I would consider gateway games. I don't know, mm-hmm. like those sort of board games that are, I feel like there are games that are like different than the games you grew up with, but easy to learn and play that sort of open the door to like, oh, there's all sorts of board games now. There's, you know, you what did you grow up playing? Uh, let's see. I grew up playing Sorry <clears throat> and... Um life uh i always hated monopoly so i mm. played it of course but i always hated it uh, i'm uh, a monopoly stan that's crazy to i me. love monopoly yeah i believe i have never finished a game of monopoly because i've always just gotten <laughs> bored with it before like i mean i'm probably like most of the time i was probably losing but also just never finished because i was like let's go do anything else <laughs> Mom, do the dishes need doing? Rather do labor in the house than play Monopoly. Yep. But yeah, I think those are the board games we mostly played at my house. What about, what, is that what you're thinking when you say the games you grew up with? Yeah, yeah. I played Monopoly and a lot of Clue. Oh, yeah. And I think, uh, you know, mostly people I think grow up or we grew up playing these competitive games. And then mm-hmm. once you start playing these other games, you realize there's a bunch of different like mechanisms that, I mean, most of them are kind of like roll the dice, move your guy around the board, move your pawn around the board, um, collect perks. Mm-hmm. Um, you're the person next to you or your, your family member gets more perks and you get mad at them and then they win. So <laughs> it's interesting to start playing these other games that are, I think, becoming more popular and more in more households and learn that there's like different ways to play. Like there's cooperative games and, you know, there's games where you're not actually competing against your family and wanting to pummel them <laughs> by buying Boardwalk before they do. <laughs> I wanted all the railroads. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, I love yeah. that strategy. I like I like getting the railroads. <laughs> I don't care about the utilities, though. Hey, did you know that Monopoly started as a game to teach people about the value of socialism? <laughs> I think I did. I think I watched the documentary. Yeah, the history of the game Monopoly is really fascinating because you could play it as like a so. Uh, oh my god, why can't I remember the word socialist experiment? So every time, like. You, if you owned Boardwalk, every time you collected taxes, that money got distributed to everyone else playing. Oh, oh boy. Like that. Yeah. 
instead of like you hoarding all of your money and trying to have all the money and like people loved playing the socialist way when it was like a, a build it yourself kind of kit you could get and then they became like you could always play it the two ways the capitalist way or the socialist way mm-hmm. and the socialist way was way more popular until it became like a package deal and then they were like no just be a capitalist Ugh. <laughs> I wonder if you could look up those rules and like adapt. Yeah, your I wonder game if you home. could play that re- that way with the you know purchase deck. I don't know. I just think that's it's interesting. Funny. I like yeah. it. I want to try to play that way. But also, well, I was I was <laughs> gonna say like my one time I played with my friend and he kind of played that way and it made me furious. But it wasn't. He didn't give his wealth to. <laughs> to the rest of the players or like share Uh the wealth he just refused to participate in the system so is that like i'm sorry (laughs) don't spit out your coffee so is that like the anarchist way yeah that's that's playing monopoly the anarchy way that's funny he 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 held on to his money and refused to buy and refused to sell even if buying or selling would have benefited him he just held and f- refused to participate in the system. And I was, it made me so mad. How, yeah, what did that do to the game? Like, did wh- it just, it just stagnated. He just waited everybody out. And I think, like, you know, I don't know how many games of Monopoly are ever finished, but I don't think we finished that one. Yeah. Even though I like Monopoly, I don't know how many times I've actually finished the game either. I want to play the socialist way. That I sounds do too. Fun. I want to see, yeah, like, how does it work? And I think it's funny that you, know, you could play it that way and people were like, oh, socialism really could work. Then what happened? I don't remember. We're making a bunch of little capitalists with, with the Monopoly game. Yeah. Well, I mean, I probably got turned on to socialism because I hated that game so much, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I was like, this isn't good. We should do something other than this. They trace back everybody's like financial leanings and they find out it's based on how you felt about playing Monopoly. (laughs) That's interesting. All right. Anyway. Monopoly is not a game that we have in our collection because we've tried to curate games that you might not have like in your closet or your basement at home or, you know, your, your secret. I I bought this and I don't know what to do with it stash in your house. Yeah. So we tried to get stuff that maybe people haven't played or like it's they want to try it before they commit to it you know we try to buy some top games of the year based on lists online like from board game geek and other sources so we do not have monopoly or clue or game of life mm-hmm. but we do have um one of the one of those sort of gateway games to like oh like i've never heard of this thing and there's all these other games out there is settlers of Catan. Mm-hmm. And so we have that, and I, I feel like another one is Ticket to Ride. They're, like, becoming, like, the games of our childhoods and how, like, everyone had Monopoly, everyone had Game right. of Life. I think okay. people are now have Catan and Ticket to Ride, and that's really cool. That is really cool. Should we talk about those games at all? Like, yeah, should I we mean, do that later? We can, uh, I think we could go into maybe some of our top lists, and then yeah. and then we're going to talk about a game we played. Yes. Um. So why don't you head into your tops? Since sure. I mentioned one of them. Yeah. Well, okay. Let's well let's start with Settlers of Catan. Uh, it's such a nice game. It is competitive. Like someone oh, yeah. can like absolutely win, and you. It is. You know, I think of Catan as Monopoly like, 
Yeah, I was just thinking about that. Yes, I think that might be why I like it. Like gather resources and you're trying to win um, by, you know, amassing the most wealth. I guess you could call it wealth, right? In the form of like, I built long roads and I have an army and I have, I don't know, factories. (laughs) (laughs) Like you those in the expansion? I don't, there's no factories, I don't think. No, but there's uh, cities, cities, towns, yeah. roads. Uh-huh. There's a bunch of expansions for Catan, and I think we own one of them, but I like the base game. I just, I don't get tired of that base game. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, me too. It's, it's cool. I think one of the cool things about Catan, like, I pitch it to people like, oh, it's like Monopoly, where instead of money, you're gathering sheep, wood, wheat, and bricks, and rocks yeah. to you know expand your 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 territory or your earnings so instead of buying property on a board and putting your hotels you're like buy you're putting your you're getting uh, resources from land and then you're mm-hmm. like expanding your cities and roads and towns and what's cool about Catan is that the board changes every time so you've got these different hexagons and you like shuffle them up and then you like lay them out and so the it would be like if you took all the properties of Monopoly and shuffled it up and now like park places and towards the opposite Beginning. end of go yeah. and you know yeah <laughs> yeah yeah that is the nice thing about that and then what's the other thing that I guess is true in Monopoly but it never felt that way but like in Catan you have to be willing to cooperate <laughs> with your friends and sometimes <laughs> right because yeah. like part of the game is like trading resources and things like that. And, you know, you could be somebody who, nope, these are my sheep and I'm not sharing them with you, but. You're not going to get far or it's going right. to take you forever to get to accomplish yeah. your goals. And people are going to be more willing to be mean to you when they have the option of either being mean to you or not. Or, <laughs> you know, if yes. they have to choose who they're going to, you know, hurt, they can be like, yep. oh, hurting you. <laughs> yep. Um. Yeah, I like it because it's still competitive. Like, you're still trying to get the most points and yeah. win. But you need to – it's still got sort of like a, like a okay, what I need to do is build um, a settlement or a town right now. And I need a sheep, and I don't have any sheep. And I could say, hey, Kathleen, I will give you – you know, I want a sheep. And you can be like, oh, you got some bricks? And we <laughs> trade. Right. And so you could trade like in Monopoly, you trade in Catan. And uh, then later, like – you know, if you're like, I need some bricks and I'm like, no, you could be like, well, then I'm not, I'm not letting you use my resources later or my port yeah. or. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's like simple to learn mm-hmm. with, you know, similar elements to things that are, that feel familiar. Yeah. And like really fun and competitive. Uh-huh. This one sneaks up on you too. I played, I haven't played in a long time and I played with my husband and some friends recently, like Mm -hmm. last month. And (laughs) I was doing consistently pretty good. And the two friends we were playing with were new to it. And uh, one of them was also, I like that you could also like succeed on one of your first um, go arounds. And he was doing okay. And then my husband was like kind of back and forth and like we, we had longest road and that was passing between people. And then 
I had it and I was in a good place. I had like the most points and was the closest to winning. And then my husband played some cards that we didn't know he had. And he like won that turn. And I was so (laughs) mad, but it was so cool that he like secretly kind of had like a couple winning components. It was annoying. Yeah, that is the that is the trick with that game is that you can kind of feel like, oh, we're all just working and doing and working and doing. And then all of a sudden someone's like, I win. Like, <laughs> like all my labors. <laughs> I didn't have a chance to stop you. No. You know, unlike that, like in Uno, when someone says Uno and then everyone just gangs up on them. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> with Catan, you might not, if you're not paying enough attention or if they have enough cards in their hand that they can play. There are kind of these perk cards that you keep secret from the other players, and one of them, um, there are like these little guys called knights, where they help mm. you like move the thief off of your property. And So you, if you have enough knights, you can get largest army, and that's what Mike did. So he kept all of his knights hidden, and then like, yeah. All of a sudden, he had an army. <laughs> and then he won. <laughs> Okay, what else you got on, on my best list? What else should I? You want to go back and forth? Yeah, name All one right. of your favorites. Okay, one of my favorites is um, I'm going to talk about Wingspan. Have you played Wingspan? Yes, yes. Yeah, A beautiful game. <laughs> yeah, the, something about these games, like you know, they're some of them are like pieces of art, almost like they're very like aesthetically pleasing, and they make you yes. want to like interact with it. Mm-hmm. So Wingspan is, um, it is a, I don't know what it's like. I don't know if it's like anything else, really. Well, I mean, it's sort of similar to Catan in that you are gathering resources, and then you're, like, Mm -hmm. using those resources to do things, to create points eventually. But in Wingspan, you're you're gathering resources to gather birds. Yeah, it's a bird game. Yeah. That we you could also just call it bird game. It's bird um, game. <laughs> and uh yeah, every bird you collect is a different species of bird, right? The blue footed booby, the robin <laughs> redbreast, the um basic bee sparrow. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I made that one up. Yours uh-huh. are real. Crane, pelican. But every bird you get is like a beautiful, like Audubon type hand drawing of that bird yeah Um, and you have to use resources that are like the real resources you would need to keep a pelican right so to get a pelican you need to have ocean property and you have Mm -hmm. to have fish to feed it yeah Um, that's a perfect way to describe it and wingspan is kind of a um i guess the interesting mechanic in that is that there's not like a central game board like monopoly or life or even Catan. Mm-hmm. everyone has like little boards in front of them and on yeah. your board is different habitats that the birds live in so there's like a forest uh, a wetlands a, an ocean i don't know yeah i can't Grassy remember what area. they actually are but yeah. right, think about like general bird habitats there's four or five of them and you know places you have where birds, birds live Right. In but those... not your backyard. Your right. backyard is there's not no... one of the choices. There's no city. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's wetland, ocean, forest, you know, natural Something. habitats. Field. Yeah. yeah. So uh, then the bird cards, the birds are all on cards. They're very beautiful, like Kathleen said. 
and you they tell you like what they need to go into your habitat and that's how you earn points is by like by putting these birds in their in the habitat or um you they also lay eggs there are these really cute they look like candy like these little yeah. wooden eggs that match the whole aesthetic of the game that you could put on the birds and so you earn points by putting down more birds more eggs uh feeding them some of the birds like if you have a hawk or something they act quote act kind of like they would in nature where they like they hunt and so some of them like you know can hold food and then you get points for that mm -hmm. um it's it's at this point a known like it's became a very popular game it's known as like beautiful popular and we have a copy our copy might cur might currently be at altamont or at least is checked out but i highly recommend it when it comes back in to try to grab wingspan yeah and it as it probably sounds pretty complicated but uh it, it's actually pretty easy to learn yeah uh, it is checked out it is at Gilderland, but it is checked okay. out right now. Uh, I like Voorheesville has um, a copy on the shelf right now, though. Ooh, Voorheesville. Yeah. I like to... Uh, this one was a, a little bit hard for me, to, not hard for me to grasp. Some of the games, you're like doing it, and you're like, am I doing this right? I don't even know. And then you get used to it, and you're like, great, great, great. Mm -hmm. I like learning best from somebody who's played it before. But for any of these, if I don't know what I'm doing... I like to go to YouTube and type in the game and watch a video of somebody play it before I dive in. So I'm a visual learner. So pro yeah. tip for those at home, you know, go to YouTube and type in like wingspan, how to play. Uh, that reminds me of something I found. Ah, it's this one. I was looking at a list of best apps of the year. And one of the apps it recommended was this thing called Dized, D-I-Z-E-D. And it has rules for rules and tutorials for tabletop games, including card games, board games, mini games, which I assume is like uh, Warhammer, and uh, like RPG games. So if you... Um, are going to start jumping into lots of board games, you might want to try this board game app. That uh, Is it free? I believe it's free has ads. Okay. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I trust Kathleen when she recommends apps because she recommended Just Watch to me and now I use it all the time. Yeah. Now, I have not actually tried Dized, D-I-Z-E-D, but it did sound very good and it it was recommended by a source that I can't remember at the moment. I'm sorry, but that I was like, Oh, I, if they say it's a good app, then it probably is um, like wired or something. Maybe. Right. It was one of those like well-known and like likely to recommend apps and know what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. um, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I was like, Oh, that's cool. YouTube always works. I'm not opposed to YouTube, but sometimes you get weird stuff on YouTube, man. Like, I was trying true. to find a video to, I was trying to do something, and the YouTube videos were not, they were not helping me do the thing. They were like, oh, we did the thing. Some of it is like, wow. it's hard to find, but I can recommend one channel that I have used several times is uh, Dice Tower. Mm. They do more like um, reviews of board games, but uh, if I can, you know, if they kind of go... 
okay, here's this game, and what you're doing is you're putting out your people, and they kind of show like a layout of the board. Even if they're not going step one, put the board out. Step two, put this card deck here. You know, even if they're still going, what your goal is, is this, and they kind of show you what it's supposed to look like and kind of how you're moving, then I can take that visual, read the instruction book, and go from there. So yeah. uh, I think that's Dice Tower. Okay. Yeah. Dice Tower. On YouTube. All right. I'll try to put those links in the show notes so people can go there if they want. Cool, cool. <clears throat> so right. what's your uh, second favorite? Oh, here. I'll stay on theme. And I'll go with photosynthesis. Ooh. Yeah. Photosynthesis. Another pretty game. <laughs> I was just going to say, it's also beautiful. In photosynthesis, instead of birds, you're growing trees. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, you are competing against your other players to grow the most trees. Like, everyone wants to grow a forest and then grow more trees. Um and you're using the sun rotates around the board and you're trying to grow trees that will get sunlight from the different angles. So you kind of oh, plant yeah. trees with the idea, <clears throat> excuse me, of them having the most surface area to grow as the sun moves. It's very cool. Yeah. I played I it a while ago and I was kind of like, I remember liking it, but I forget what the, me the mechanisms are. So that sounds right. Yeah. And everyone gets to pick their their kind of tree. So it mm -hmm. could be maples or birches or uh, pine trees. And... It's a very peaceful game. Yes. Yeah. You're just planting trees. You're planting seeds and growing trees. Mm -hmm. It's very fun. Is uh, it like, is there a mechanic in the game where if you have like a tall tree, then a tree behind it doesn't get as much sun. So there's some strategy involved. Yes. I like that. It's like, yeah. it's like real life, like, yep. but strategy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Your, your strategy is understanding the angles that are going to uh, put the sunlight on your trees and understand the shadows your tree is going to cast to mm -hmm. block other trees from their sunlight. I should revisit that game. I liked it. Yeah. Good choice. Good pick. It's fun. And it's like three-dimensional. Like you're literally got these cardboard trees that are getting taller. Yeah. Yeah, they pop out of the board. Well, yeah. yeah, they're like little, they're little cardboard pawns that you kind of move around. Yep. Yeah, and you get really pawns in different sizes. So like, oh, my tree grew. Whoop! I switch out the, the small one for the medium size. Nature lovers out there, wingspan and photosynthesis. <laughs> Set them up side by side. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm gonna group a couple of mine together because they feel similar. Okay. Um, I've got for my second choice and my third choice, my second choice, I've got throw, throw burrito. And mm -hmm. my third choice, I've got sushi go. Have nice. you played either of these? No. Okay. Well, <laughs> it's funny because I own both of them, but we have not played them. And my copy of throw, throw burrito is actually at our friend's house. Um, we brought it there to play and mm -hmm. then the kids got a hold of it threw the burritos all over without playing the game and then when we were leaving <laughs> uh we couldn't find one of the burritos oh no so i've never even like looked at the rules of that game because <laughs> yep kids <laughs> kids ruined everything mm -hmm. well no this is a good this is a good family game <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and so i've put both of these together because they both have the same they can have the same sort of frantic um energy if you play them correctly <laughs> <laughs> yep 
So in Throw Throw Burrito, you have a deck of cards, and then you have two soft, mushy, uh, cute-looking burrito figures. Yeah, they're made of foam, and they have faces, and they are adorable. They are mm-hmm. super cute. And you're, I, you know, it's been a while since I've played, but you're basically, like, playing a whole group of you, are putting cards down on the table, and maybe trying to make pairs or sets in, like, a rummy-style situation. Is that right? Is that the right thing to reference? Yeah. Or go fish or, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. And then there are certain cards that, that cue in action. So you'll put down a card that starts like a burrito duel and it'll either be like, some of them I think are grab the first people to grab the burrito from the center of the table and throw it at each other. Some are like a, um, a standoff where you pick another player, you each take a burrito, you get it from the table, you walk a few paces from each other and then somebody says go and you like turn at the same time and throw the burritos at each other. <laughs> and then <laughs> if you couldn't tell the game is literally about throwing these plush burritos, these foam burritos <laughs> at your family or friends. So, yeah. you know, you might want space uh, and unbreakable stuff around if you play this inside. It's very fun though. And very silly. Um, mm-hmm. And then there are, there's little, I think there are little coins on the table that are sort of like your life and how many times you get hit by the burrito. And it's like if you get hit, you know, maybe three times you're out or something. Um, but yeah, throw, throw burrito. Um, I do caution against this one because I played it with friends and we were in a burrito duel and they, you know, we're just in their dining room, wooden floors. We were both wearing socks or whatever. And it was like, you like a standoff you do you pace away from each other so you're you're back to back you hold the burrito and you take three steps away from each other and then somebody says three two one you know duel or whatever and you turn and you chuck the burrito and so when she turned um her sock slipped on the floor and she fell down so oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> be careful out there the library is not liable for any throw burrito problems that occur i'll have to issue like safety recommendations play on a carpeted floor play in yeah. open space without breakables wait for somebody to somebody to sue throw throw burrito <laughs> so sushi go is just a card mm-hmm. game and again you're making very similar in that you're making sets or you're trying to earn points by like making certain pairs and it's kind of frantic because you're supposed to like if you've have you seen sushi restaurants where the sushi's on a conveyor belt and it's you know it's going around i don't know if we have any locally but this know. is a thing in japan and and mm-hmm. other places so the sushi's on a conveyor belt you sit at a table and as the sushi comes by you take what you want and you're charged by the pieces that you pick up mm. so sushi go the cards are sushi they're very, again like throw throw burrito very cute they have little faces and stuff on them and you don't get to hold on to your hand. You kind of, you get a hand and you make uh, pairs of sushi and then you have to pass your hand as if it's on the sushi conveyor belt to the person to oh. your left or right. So you're supposed to kind of work as quickly as possible. Like it's like sushi go and you get the deck and then you like make your points and then you're supposed to pass it as quickly as you can on. So oh. both have a sort of a. I don't know what this says about me, but like a frantic energy about them. <laughs> That's fun. Yeah, I really want to play Sushi Go. We just haven't had a chance to. Check it out from the library. Yeah. 
Talk about easy to learn. These might be the two easiest to learn on my list here. Yeah, those sound pretty easy, especially if you've already played things like Go Fish or Rummy or, mm-hmm. you know, the matching game. Mm-hmm. Both are good family games, too. Like, the whole family yes. can kind of play. Yeah. What you got next for us? Okay. I'm going to bunch two games together. Because wow. they are similar. So on my list, I have Pandemic and Forbidden Island. Mm-hmm. And the thing that combines these two that are very different in a lot of ways is uh, that they are cooperative games. The, cool. Yeah. Everyone playing either wins or loses. There's no, you know, I didn't beat you. If if, if I <laughs> lost, you also lost. <laughs> Forbidden Island, you are a team of like archaeologists trying to recover artifacts from a sinking island. And pandemic, you're trying to stop a global pandemic. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Oopsie. <laughs> anyway, um, and there are different, the Forbidden Island has some variation ones too, like not expansion packs, but uh, like the original, you're trying to rescue artifacts, but there's also like Forbidden Mountain now and Forbidden, forbidden Desert. Yeah. And it's the same idea, right? Like a, a sandstorm is going to come and you know envelop everyone if you don't get done i've played Um, one of these or maybe maybe forbidden island and forbidden desert but i don't remember a lot about it mm -hmm. i remember liking it now forbidden island is similar to Catan in that you get a bunch of tiles and you uh the board will be a little bit different every time and you get different kinds of explorers some of them can swim so they can move through even if the tiles have sunk uh, other people can pilot a helicopter. So, um, but like Forbidden Island, your teammates have to gather resources to get the four artifacts, and everyone has to get to the helipad so you can all escape. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, having the helicopter pilot means you've got one thing set. Otherwise, you have to, you know, gather a helicopter card. <laughs> <laughs> and other people are good at like unsinking sunken tiles so some people can swim through it and other people can say well wait it's actually not sunk we can get that artifact out of there um so that's great and it's fun because then um i think in forbidden island you don't necessarily go around in circles everyone Mm -hmm. decides whose turn it is oh wait you go now because you can shore up that thing or you can get the artifact and then I'll go because I'm the pilot and I'll fly us all out of here. That's cool. That's yeah. like, I like when you learn like new ways to play things. Cause again, mm-hmm. those games growing up, it's like you go, then the person to your left and the person to their left that, you know, however, uh-huh. but this is, that's cool. And that you can be like, as a group, we have to look at the best strategy for who gets to play their turn. Yeah. And it's not always the same. That's that. I like yeah. that. It's cool. Um, Pandemic is more complicated than Forbidden Island. There is a board, um, but there's literally infections spreading all over the place. And you have to travel. The board is the world. This one I'm very familiar. Yeah. And you have to travel And I love it and I hate it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's, I would say Forbidden Island is a little more cash. It's less stressful. Whereas Pandemic is a lot bigger and it's a little bit more like... Things accelerate Hard. quickly. Yeah. Yeah. It gets harder <laughs> faster than Forbidden Island. Forbidden Island is mostly the same difficulty throughout, whereas Pandemic will get harder um, as you go. Yeah. 
I don't. I think I've hardly ever win pandemic, although I play a lot. Nice. Yeah, we um we got pretty good at pandemic, so we usually won. Uh, but we then got a variation of pandemic that's uh pandemic Cthulhu. Oh, we're adding this to our collection. Awesome! At the library, it's very so. fun. It's it again also has very cool artwork. Um, if you're a, a aware of like the Cthulhu Lovecraftian horror stuff, um, that one you are trying to stop the old ones from taking over. It's just a town. <laughs> it's not the whole world, but uh, and that one is harder. Can you play that with two people? Um, I. I think it's I think something you I can, but yeah. I think it's one of those things where you like the two people play as like you each get two characters to play. Oh, okay. I think so. I don't think you can just play with two players, but I could be wrong. I could be mistaken. Like it's just me and my husband, so like part mm-hmm. of the board game challenge is you need yeah. at least three for a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Pandemic, I think we've played a lot because you can do with two, and mm-hmm. I don't know if we've played regular pan pandemic where we each control two characters and maybe that's the problem i gotta look at the rules <laughs> but there may but, be like yeah. that yeah that varies the rules for how many people are playing too so it's possible it is like a two-player game but yeah if you find it's yourself true. losing you could play okay i'm gonna play this person and this person and you play that person and that person it's true uh yeah, I like I like something like Pandemic because you can say I've got two people and then it'll say like you have less bad cards that you shuffle into your deck. Yeah, you yep. know, or or if you have a bunch of people, there's like more opportunity to pull up like these bad things that happen. So if there's mm-hmm. less of you, there's, you know, not as much um, cooperation Right. Well, so it's a collaborative game, right? So there's not as much, uh, there aren't as many people to help you out, but you're not pulling as many bad yeah. things that happen to you, yeah. is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're trying to avoid going too deep on the rules, which makes it like we say these vague things, like it gets worse. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's part of the function of the game that, yeah. you know. Um, and Forbidden Island. I think Pandemic probably has that too, but Forbidden Island, you can set how hard it is when you start. And yeah, so, like, I think the, you can. There's like beginner or immediate or like the hardest starting function. And and so that will make it harder too. I know like, I think Forbidden Island, you can play two player. And we were playing, we figured out that if you started at the hardest with only two people, it's really hard because you're just, there's not enough, right? Like time for the two of you to do stuff. Mm-hmm. But like the hardest setting with three or four, you probably could do it because there's enough people playing. What are the cards called in Pandemic when you, when really bad things happen? Is it called like an epidemic card or an outbreak card or something? I think something? it's an outbreak. Something or is it like an that. Infection? infection. It's something like that. Outbreak or infection. But and basically like all like, of a sudden, yeah. Yeah, you can adjust. <laughs> if they're like, if you're just starting, they're like, okay, only put like two outbreak cards in the deck and if they're yeah. like oh you're you're learn the game and you're okay at this put three in and then if you're a pro put in all the outbreak cards <laughs> so that's another cool mechanism is like adjustable games and again yes. a lot of the ones you grow up with like you unbox sorry and it just is what it is and then some of these other games are like ways for you to adapt it which is cool all right what's your next game 
So I'll go with a cooperative game that I have on my list. Um, it's actually two games, but they're played the same way. The game is called Horrified, and then the sequel slash sister game is called Horrified American Monsters, and we own mm. both at the library. So Horrified, the original, is uh, like Pandemic and Forbidden Island. Um, you work with the other players to try to win. And it is, um, there's like this sort of uh, village is the game board. So it's a tra traditional game board where everyone's sharing the same board and it doesn't change. And it's got locations like, um, you know, the camp in the university and the cave or whatever. And you're basically trying to cooperate to beat different universal monsters from taking over the town. And what's cool about this is that the uh, things you need to do to win and the difficulty change depending on which monsters you want to play against. Ooh. So you can play, in the original game, you can play against Dracula, this creature from Thing. the Black Lagoon. Ah. Yeah, yeah. Not Is Swamp Thing different than the creature? It's the creature from the Black Lagoon that you're playing against, okay. but what is Swamp sure. Thing? A I different thing. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Dracula, <laughs> Dracula, Creature from the Black Lagoon, Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein, Wolfman, Invisible Man, and I can't remember if there's another one. Have you ever played Horrified? I've never actually played it, no. I gotta take it home. I wanna try it. It's pretty easy to learn. It's, uh, if you've played Pandemic before, because that came out earlier than this game, it's similar in that you know, you, you do a certain number of things on your turn, like you can move, you can uh, take an action to try to defeat a monster. So if you're kind of familiar with Pandemic, you could definitely pick this game up. And it's easier to learn than Pandemic, uh, even though it came out after Pandemic. Yeah, you basically are bopping around this board, trying to defeat the monster. It's actually, it's got very similar mechanisms to Pandemic, where you pull cards and then sometimes, like, what happens is not so bad, but what happens, then things accelerate, and what can happen is, like, really bad, and you gotta fight the monsters. Um, and then the American Monsters version is played exactly the same way. Um, if you know how to move and, you know, whatever in the original game, you could play this game. It is a different... Uh, full box game so you don't like play it with the original horrified but the art is a little different it's got this very like 1930s 1950s sort of national parks like brown and greens vintage look mm -hmm. to it mm -hmm. and then all the monsters are um north american based so <laughs> you've got like bigfoot and um the jersey devil <laughs> And Mothman. <laughs> so you're trying to beat those guys instead of, like, Frankenstein or whatever. Mm -hmm. So that's fantastic. pretty cool. <laughs> so I really like both. Um, I own both of them, and the library <laughs> owns both of them. Highly recommend. What else you got? All right, what's next on my list? Um, all right. Oh, I got a couple of... Well, I'm gonna. I'm not going to bunch these together, because they don't make any sense to me. I'm going to talk about Villainous. Uh, Villainous is a Disney villains-based game. It is... Have you ever played Villainous? No. Okay. I heard it's good. It is good. Um, it is... It does not have a traditional board. It's a... 
each person picks who they're going to play and everyone's playing a villain from a Disney movie. So like you could play Captain Hook or Ursula or, um, can I play Jafar? You can play Jafar. I was just going to say Jafar. Yes. And, uh, each of you, can I play Scar? I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah. Oh, good. Okay. Mm -hmm. Perfect. And I think Maleficent is in there. Nice. And there are expansions. I don't, I don't, I've only, we have a copy at home and I don't know if ours is the same as the one at the library. Mm -hmm. And I know there's expansions so you can play more of the villains, but I don't remember all of them. I'm sorry. But each villain has uh, their own little personal game board and they're trying to accomplish their mission, right? So Captain Hook is trying to, you know, capture all the lost boys and uh, I don't know, Scar is trying to take over um, the line. Kingdom. Yeah. yeah. And, but you all share like resources that help you accomplish or not accomplish that. And you can do things to like thwart other players, but you, ha you, you can win without paying any attention to what other people are doing. Um, and, you know, you probably benefit by not indicating what you're doing <laughs> to other I like players. that. Yeah. I like when you don't share pieces uh -huh. of what you're working on. Right. But there are things that make you, oh, no, I I drew this card. I have to give my resources to the player to my right. Or, you know, I get to steal a card from the player from my left. And so you have to kind of know what's going on. Mm -hmm. And it's fun. It's a lot of fun. And you're playing as, like, Ursula. <laughs> <laughs> Who wouldn't love to play as Ursula? Yeah. And so the artwork is, um, it's all, like, Disney artwork. It's from the original Disney movies. Um, so it's all, like, familiar. And, mm -hmm. yeah, it's great. I think part of, of the appeal of the two I just talked about, the Horrified Games and this one, is, like, something you're sort of familiar with like yeah. and that's kind of part of the fun of like oh yeah i'm gonna try to beat frankenstein or bigfoot and then like i get to play as ursula so that's always fun yeah yeah it's a lot of fun um and it is it is a game adults can definitely play and have fun with but kids can also play it although probably not like the youngest kids right you probably have to be 10 or 11 or up mm -hmm. to really be able to follow like the rules especially when you're going to have your own set of rules that somebody else is not also following. Yeah, we do. Um, and we do have games for little kids as well. Like we've mm -hmm. got these really popular games that are, they're very cute. There was like, there's like a chickens one and we used to have a dinosaur one. So if you're, if you've got like a kindergartner or pre-K and you want to get them into board games and you're saying like, uh, sushi go or um, villainous sounds a little hard for kids at that age we do have games for younger children as well they're really cute really sweet we have candy land and shoots and ladders so yeah and if you look you in know. the catalog some of them are called j board games so like mm -hmm. they're literally marked as games for kids and i like that one that's my first board game it's just like one big die <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yep. We've got that. We actually, we've got Catan Jr. too. So if you're like, like, you know, they have Monopoly, Monopoly Jr. So now they make Catan Jr. So if you want to kind of get into, I've never played that one. I don't know like how much easier they've made it or whatever, but yeah. And there's um, like a J, a Jr. There's Ticket to Ride Jr. Ticket to Ride. Too. Yeah. yeah. Which might be good if you're like, oh, that looks too complicated. Yeah. So something okay. you said reminded me of my last pick. Okay. Um, what did you say about the, what game did we just talk Villainous. about? Villainous. Mm -hmm. And you kind of don't know, 
like you're trying to keep secret what you're working on. Like, you know, Ursula might be trying to steal Ariel's voice and maybe you don't share like what cards you're trying to gather or something. So my last pick is the board game, the thing. And it is probably the most complicated to learn that we talked about. And it's a very dividing game because it requires a lot of setup and kind of commitment to what's going on. Um, and I personally appreciate the payoff, but not everybody does. So in The Thing, it's based on the John Carpenter movie, the horror movie, where, um, you know, there's a bunch of people stranded at this, I don't remember where, outpost, Antarctic, I don't know. And uh, there's, like, a, an alien that lands and starts infecting, you know, inhabiting bodies, and it kind of comes for all the crew one after the other. So it starts as cooperative. Like, your crew is on this outpost, and you're going to the different buildings on the game board and exploring and gathering resources. And then at some point, you know, you're pulling cards, and you're not sharing what those cards are. Actually, I don't I don't know if you pull a card that says you're the thing. I think in the beginning you distribute cards and one player is a thing is actually mm. acting against mm-hmm. the other player secretly. <laughs> so you'll get these cards that are like I'm normal, I'm I'm not infected and one player will have one that's like you're the thing. <laughs> so you have to then pretend like you're also cooperating. It'll be somebody's turn. It'll say, you know, you there was a power outage in the shack on property. You have to take a crew of people and go try to get the power to come back on. And, and you'll get to look at the group and you'll pick who's coming with you. You'll say like, oh, Kathleen and, you know, Bob, you mm-hmm. guys, you have a flashlight and you have this tool. So let's go fix the power outage. And you have to try to trust the people you're playing with. And let's say Kathleen's the thing. She's like, yeah, I'll totally go help fix the power yeah. outage. And you come helping, on the mission. Helping, helping. helping. <laughs> <laughs> and then you sort of blindly play cards that either help the mission or sabotage the mission. And I forget how exactly. It's been a while since I played. I forget how you like put the cards down. But it's in a secret way where I don't know who has helped and who has sabotaged. And then you're trying to figure out, like okay, I brought Kathleen on three missions now and the mission always fails. I think Kathleen's the thing. So it's like Among Us. Yes. Yep. Ah, cool. That's fun. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you're trying to find the player who's the thing. And then you're also trying to complete a certain number of missions and then safely get to the helicopter and escape, leaving, leaving the thing behind. If you don't figure out who the thing is and the thing gets on the helicopter with you to escape, <gasps> you lose. Yeah. So you have to try to get everyone to the helicopter, leave Kathleen behind, <laughs> and then escape from the thing. Nice. All the players are like, like characters from the movie, like Kurt Russell's character. So I think it's fun. I like it. Yeah. But it's kind of a lot to set up, keep track of, and learn. And if people, some people really hate lying in board games and being, like, they just can't. Yeah. (laughs) I like it. I like being like, I don't know what happened, guys. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. So weird that the mission failed. Uh, Ah, that reminds me of a game. I don't, the library doesn't own this game. It's called Mountains of Madness. Ooh, I've heard good things. It's Maybe we great, should get it. It's a fun. We probably should get it. It's really fun, and it's it's really hard. So, 
you're trying to like scale this mountain to like escape from the Arctic or whatever. But as you go, people get infected with madness and there's this speed round, like you're like, Oh no, we have to, we have to install a new generator. Right. And then there'll be, okay, we're going to do a speed round. And so like the, the timer starts and I have to say, okay, to fix the generator, I need three kerosenes and two lighters. And people have to check their cards to see if they have those things. But you're also during the speed rounds, like if you're mad, like if you've gained a madness, then you have to be like, you know, talking super fast or you don't. So you have to like role play whatever oh, madness yeah. you've been infected with. And Let's also trying game. to keep track of the like thing you're supposed to be looking for. I love this. Let's do it. Is it is a high anxiety game because you're like trying to role play and do math. Apparently that's my thing. Ignore math while you're trying to role play. <laughs> but it's really, uh, it's really exciting and fun. But it's also a lot. Like, I could see some people being like, it is too much anxiety for <laughs> something that's supposed to be fun. <laughs> nope, I would like it. Let's yeah. do it. And there are days where I'm like, yes, let's play that. And there are days where I'm like, we're not, no, nope. nope. Let's do Forbidden Island. Um. <laughs> we do have um, a kind of similar game um, that is not on our lists called Captain Sonar. Oh. And have you played Captain Sonar? <laughs> no, we haven't. We haven't played it yet because that sounds like too too much stress. It's it is a lot of stress. So <laughs> it's like um, if you're familiar with Battleship, you need you need enough people so you've got two teams, and you've got instead of the little the battle it's think of the battleship board where one side is facing you one side is facing your opponents and you don't know where the the ships are and stuff you've got a board that covers what you're working on with your team and then another long board that stands upright that covers what they're working on with their team and each player has a role on the uh, submarine and you're like you're finding or you're surfacing and diving and moving around and it's been a minute since I played, but it's the same sort of thing where, like, to learn the game, you do turn by turn. You go, okay, our submarine surfaces, and um, now it goes back down, and you're trying to find the other team's sub and sink it. And the real way you're supposed to play is simultaneous, where both teams are just going at once, and, like, one person, <laughs> it's one person's job on your team just to listen to what the other team is saying and try to track where their sub is going. They're going left, go left. Yep. <laughs> They'll be like, now they're headed this way. Now, like, they have a little chart where they're like, they went this way, they went this way, they went this way. And, like, the captain is yelling to, like, surface to get, you know, perks and then to go back down. But when you surface, you reveal your location. And, you know, another person's trying to repair the sub as things go wrong. It's uh, a lot and it's fun. (laughs) Yes. It's another polarizing game. Like, we played with somebody and they were like, I hate this. And I was like, (laughs) okay. Yeah. Yeah. There are some games, you know, you might need to pick the game for the gr- the group you're playing with, and you may be aware that there are some games that you just should not play with some people. Mm-hmm. Like you're playing with your spouse, and you're like, no, you don't get any sheep. <laughs> the other couple you're playing with, yes, of course you can use my three-for-one wood port, and I'll give you a brick. And your spouse, you're like, no, you don't get anything. <laughs> Putting the thief on your property. Ooh. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So some games are better for some groups than <laughs> others. Yeah, this this group will not play Captain Sonar anymore. The one that, yeah. 
but we'll have to get uh, Mountains of Madness. I've heard good things about it. Um, yeah. Heather, who used to work with us, she was into board games, and she said that one was really good. Yeah. It's a great game, and it also looks very cool, and it's, yeah. I yeah. had, um, man, I had three sort of honorable mentions I wanted to call out, and then we okay. still need to get into the game we played for this episode. Oh, yes. We should talk about that, too. I'll just right. real quick throw out, I wanted to tell the folks at home that we have um, a tarot deck as part of our board game collection. So that's, that's cool if you're like, I want a new year, new me, I want to maybe get into tarot and, oh, you, know, you know, have fun. I don't, we, I don't think we have it yet. I think I just ordered it, but I ordered a new um, how to read tarot. That's like oh, a, wonderful. a different way to like think about it or some along those lines. Like Our like, oh, deck cool. might come with a book, but that that's cool that you can like take out the kit, the board game kit, and then also this other book or from yeah. our from the same section on like maybe different ways to interpret mm-hmm. the tarot. Yeah. So not quite a board game, and some people uh, are very serious about the tarot, and some people are like you know having fun with it. But it's there if you want to practice and give it a go. Mm-hmm. Um, another kit I wanted to call out that does get checked out a good amount is our Dungeons and Dragons kit. And that we put together to try to be like, hey, if you are just starting to get into Dungeons and Dragons and you want to give that a try, um, it comes with several sets of dice for, you know, the people you want to play with. Like, I think Mm -hmm. it comes with like a white pair and a pink pair and a blue pair. So you can kind of get all your friends together. You've got all the dice you need. It's got the starter book. Um, You could photocopy the character creation pages. And so I just wanted to call that out of like, yeah. It's no, a really good a... kit. It's got the uh, Dungeons and Dragons fifth edition, uh, which is the newest edition, right? Yeah, it's got the player's manual, the dungeon master's guide, and the monster manual, yeah. plus a dungeon master's screen, and then yeah, bunches of sets of dice, so everyone can have their own set. You can get started. My husband plays Dungeons and Dragons, <laughs> and so I don't know what I'm doing, but I talked to him and other people like, if you were just starting, like, what do you need? And then yeah. we assembled accordingly. Yeah. yeah. The six sets of dice are huge because then you don't have to pass, like, one set with, like, a D20 <clears throat> and a D12 and mm-hmm. two the D10s and stuff like that, so. And then the last one I wanted to call out was a game that was not on a favorites list, but it's easy to learn, fun to play really cute artwork it's called tiny towns Mm. and um i wanted to call that one out because the creator of that board game is local lives in clifton park and was a good friend to the library when the game came out he came and did like uh how to play it and um program all about it and so that's uh, i think peter mcpherson he's got a couple other games now that maybe Mm. we should get but um tiny towns Sold nationally, you know, uh, reviewed very well by Board Game Geek, made by a local guy just north of us. Cool. That is yeah. exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I would just like to give a shout out to Bananagrams, <laughs> <laughs> which is a goofy little game. And I mean, a lot of people own it because it's not very expensive and it's sort of a fun little thing because it comes in a little banana shaped bag and it's full of tiles but it's sort of like Scrabble without the board and everyone's just building their own word Scrabble. Yeah. But it's just a lot of fun and it's you know, if you haven't played in a while it's a fun thing to just pull out and be like, ooh, I'm just going to Scrabble. If you've been wordling, you'll probably uh, bust out the bananagram. Do words that aren't five letters. 
I can't tolerate Scrabble. I can tolerate <laughs> Bananagrams. Yeah. <laughs> it's a more casual. Scrabble's too, like, formal, and I hate spelling, and I hate, I just, I don't, I'm not good at it. I, <laughs> I never like Scrabble. Do yeah. like Bananagrams. I think we do own a Scrabble at the library. We don't have a lot of the basic games, but we do have a Scrabble, a chess, um, and maybe a couple others. There's, like, a backgammon. All right. Talked enough about board yeah. games. Yeah. Thanks for coming in, Christina. Thanks for having me. Bye. Bye. All right. So just a quick note before we end the show, I did decide on my best of 2022 reading list for 2023. I wanted to give them to you now, and then maybe uh, you'll read them along with me. We can all make our decisions by the end of the year. So, number one, If I Survive You by Jonathan Escoffery. Number two, Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow by Gabriella, Gabrielle Zevin. Number three, Glory by Noviolet Bulawayo. Number four, You Made a Fool of Death with Your Beauty by Akweki Emetzi. Number five, Candy House by Jennifer Egan. Number six, An Immense World by Ed Young. Number seven, Under the Skin by Linda Villarosa. Number eight, Strangers to Ourselves by Rachel Aviv. Number nine, Oedipus Tyrannos by Sophocles, translated by Emily Wilson. And Mother Care by Lynn Tillman. I think I plan to start with Mother Care by Lynn Tillman. And then I think I'll start um, at the top of my fiction list with If I Survive You. So that's my current plan of attack on this list of books. And tune in in February for my review of Mother Care. All right, take care out there. Well, that's the end of this episode of How Did You Find It at the Gilderland Library. Thank you for listening. If you uh, like the show, please rate it and review it wherever you listen to this podcast. Also, tell a friend. You know, rating and reviewing in your, your podcast app helps friends you don't know find the show. You know, we want people to listen. <laughs> if you have ideas or suggestions or questions, please email us at podcast at gilderlandlibrary.org. Thank you for listening.